Hello and welcome to a special episode of Draw, Lose or Draw to mark our 100th episode of the podcast. Joining myself and David this week is Partick Thistle legend and Hall of Famer Chris Doolan. Enjoy. Thistle Hall of Famer and all-time great Chris Doolan. Chris, thanks very much for joining us. How are you? You're very welcome. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Good stuff. Normally, when we've got a, a guest on, an ex-player, we we begin at the start of their journey at Thistle. But I, I wanted to start where we are just now. What does the future hold for you? The next six to twelve months. What are your plans? Um, well, obviously, I already have a, a football coaching company. Um, and in my own football academy, which is is growing, I think every single day it seems to get bigger and bigger. But you know, I do, I do love coaching. So initially, I would like to get into you know full time club coaching um, and management. That's the aim, and that's always been my aim to go into that. So I think it was better that I got as many coaching hours under my belt as I could to to make sure that whenever I step into a club, that I'm ready to to take on the day to day coaching. But it is something that I'm really passionate about, hence why I opened up Mullen Football Academy to help as many players um, from all different levels as, as I possibly can. And like I say, it gets bigger and bigger for, from week to week. So um, it's great. But, you know, my aim will still be the same where I, I would still love to go into coaching and management at, at full time level or at, or at professional football level. Good stuff. And uh, we heard you on the radio quite a bit last season. Is that something you're going to continue doing next season? And are the playing days officially behind you? Yeah, yeah, I've still I'll continue with the BBC um this year. Um absolutely love doing the, the media. Um and I've I've always done um, even while I was I was still playing, I was, I was doing bits and pieces with them. So um it's great that, you know, now that I'm I'm not playing and you know, I'm coaching that, that I can still do the, the media which gets me out of the games. We we analyse all the games and I think it's it's a good step for me as well, um, in terms of you know, like I say, you are analysing games during the game, so it gives me a lot of practice. Um, I obviously get to see all the players and all the management staff, and um, you meet a lot of people as well. So it's something I've always enjoyed doing, and it's great now that I can kind of mix coaching and the, the media together. David? Uh, yeah, hello, Chris. Um, I was uh, just wondering, like, in terms of obviously no longer associated with Thistle, do you keep up with the club at all? Are you in touch with many of the players, you know, like Banzo or Lawless or whatever? Um, do you keep in touch with many people about the club? And do you have any opinion on the club at the moment? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I'll always have, have ties to, to Partick Thistle for obvious reasons. Um, and that there's people within the, the playing staff, the coaching staff, the manager, um, behind the scenes as well as fans and, and players and you know I'm, I'll keep in touch with everybody because it's it's obviously a club that is close to my heart uh, and I still follow the results, I still keep up to date with whatever's happening just to make sure I'm, I can keep a tab on how it's going but yeah I mean I th- from what I can see I think Ian McCall's built a good squad for this season he always likes to, to go to Rangers and, and get the young lads who are you know the promising youngsters so I was not really surprised to see him doing that again. Um, he's got good connections there, so 
but yeah, to me, I mean, it looks as if he's built a good squad. Bringing in Danny Mullen is a good foil for the the other strikers that are there. I think so. I think he's building a good solid squad this season, and he'll obviously look to build on last season, which showed an awful lot of promise. I covered quite a few of the games um, with the BBC, so I was at a few of the games or a good few of the games. And you know, the, the club did it, it did look as if you know everybody was talking about possibly winning the league at, at one point because of how well they were playing. So. If they can get back to that type of form, then you know it should be another cracking season for the club. You obviously mentioned about how you keep in touch with fans and stuff like that, and obviously when you were at Thistle, um, you were the sort of brand ambassador, a lot of the sort of media engagements and stuff like that, and you know fan engagement uh, things. It was always yourself that was at front and centre. I remember obviously like the, the the George Square, uh, you know, with the kitten veil and the Kingsley and all that. Yeah. Um, did you have any any specific memories like your favourite times at interacting with fans or anything that specifically sticks out in your mind yeah I mean I, you, you remember when I was there I was I was always happy and I'm always happy to, to meet with fans because I think they're the heartbeat of a football club you know and I think it's important that players and staff and coaches do interact with it with the supporters because I think it's a big part of of the football club um, they make up the football club to me, every time we had an engagement with the fans, I always enjoyed it. You know, there was never a time I was dragged there. I was always asked and I would willingly go. So uh, to me, it would be anything. I remember the George Square. That was that was a cracking day out as well. We had a great laugh. Um, and obviously when Kingsley was introduced to the, the club, there was a lot of media around it at the time. So it was it was just a fantastic time for that sort of fan engagement. Um, but, you know, I think there's been a number of times throughout the years when the, the fans and the players in, in, engaged and, you know, worked together. Um, but like I say, I think it's an important part and I, I think it'll always be an important part of every club. And I think when I, I see other other teams and I've been to other clubs, then I've seen that, you know, Partick Thistle are, are blessed in terms of the, their, their fan base, um, you know, and the people and the, the type of people within it. Um, and I think it's it's just great to see that and that the club's so, still so well-backed, and, and hopefully that gets even bigger. Can I follow that with asking, what are you the most proud of from your time at the club, be it like a single moment, an achievement, a season? What are you most proud of? Um, I think it's, it's actually a, a difficult question. I think I was asked this question just recently as well. Um, I, I think becoming a Hall of Famer, um, I don't think, and I was the first person to do it while I was still playing, you know, that there's guys in that Hall of Fame who have sadly passed away, who were no longer with us or, you know, no longer a, a part of the club who had moved on. So played a long time ago. So for me to be inducted while I was still playing was one of the proudest moments. And I think for my family as well, And in terms of, you know, I could never have been the footballer I was without a family behind me to, to support me. And, you know, my wife, Claire, she looks after the children and she at home she would make sure I was able to be the, the footballer that, that everybody would see on the Saturday. Um, and I think that's important for... For every player that you know, they, they have a supportive base behind them, and uh, certainly my family, they follow the club all over the country. We've been through good times and bad times with the club, and you know, I think f- for me to to them be inducted in the Hall of Fame wasn't just a personal thing for me. It was it was for my family as well because there's a lot of hard work went in there over the years, not just from me on the pitch and in the training ground, but like I say from my wife behind me and making sure that everything's stable at home to allow me to train and, and play and you know my family who follow us all over the place that was a really proud moment for for me and uh, the family so and for my, my children as well 
Um, but you know what? I, I think obviously having a testimonial as well to walk out and see the, the the crowd there that turned up to see so many people was was a something I'm really really proud of as well. Um, but you know there's been loads and loads of moments. I think we we could we could talk about it all day. But there's been loads and loads we achieved it together. And you know I think becoming the club's all-time top league goal scorer again is is something that I'm really really proud of. Um, in terms of the hard work that goes in there again, it was done at a a decent level in terms of the championship premiership. So it's it was never an easy ride to score as many goals as that. So I, I think there's a lot of things we accomplished that I look back on with, with real pride. Um, and like I say, not just me, but my family as well. We still have so many fond memories of, of Thistle. Um, and even as a family, we, we still continue to, to follow the club and um, to keep an eye on, on how things are going. But I think possibly that being inducted in the Hall of Fame is, is the proudest moment. Um, but, you know, there's been so many over the years that, I'm still so proud of all of it because, you know, where I came from and in terms of, you know, coming from junior football to what I actually went on and achieved at Thistle and what we achieved together. And I think that's important as well. You know, it wasn't just what I achieved personally. It was what we achieved as a club. Um, I think that's what makes us all proud. Um, but like I said, it's it, it can't be done just as, as one player. I think it takes more than that. It takes a family of to support you which luckily I have and, and, and I'm thankful for that. And it also takes fans, it takes you know other players, it takes coaches, managers, all to develop players to make sure that, that you achieve. And if, we achieve, if you achieve individually, then collectively the club has to get better. My takeaway from it is that you know, if, if you achieve something individually, then it, it ultimately means the club has, has achieved because you know, the number of goals I scored over the years, that then went, meant the club did get into the top six of the Premiership or it, it did win the Championship. So ultimately then the, the club is successful as well. So, um, But like I say, my family are, are still very proud of, of what we achieved at the club and we'll continue to, to follow it um, over the years as well. Great stuff. Yep, you didn't do half bad. <laughs> Um, it just uh, two things I wanted to bring up, just because you mentioned about the testimonial and about the fans and stuff like that. I'm I'm really fascinated by the idea of someone like yourself. Obviously, you're a cult hero to like a specific set of people. If you know what I mean, like you, uh, like there's there's a, a there's a fan base of people who hold you in absolute reverence. But obviously, you don't you don't meet Thistle fans in every every day. If you know what I mean, in terms of yeah. we go out and about, or whatever. How much does that like impact your life? Do you do 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 you ever meet like Fistle fans? Do do they ever like do you ever phone up like you know your your telephone company or whatever and they give you you know discounts or something because it's a Fistle fan? No, yeah, sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. I know like, what you mean. It's it's actually you would you wouldn't believe how far and wide party Fistle fans actually go. <laughs> I think we we come across Fistle fans here, there, and everywhere, and and honestly. I've probably been very, very lucky. Since I opened up the Football Academy, we've had hundreds of people turn up who are connected to Partick Thistle or, you know, are fans of Partick Thistle or have heard about us through Partick Thistle. And, you know, there's always that connection. So uh, I think that's it's it's been great. One of the, the, the stories I'll tell you, I was getting my daughter Darcy a bike for her birthday and we went to collect it up in, I think it was East Kilbride. Um, went in the queue was was huge. It's it's just before Christmas. You're talking 
that's his birthday in 19, so we were pushing it, running a bit late to collect it, standing in a queue, wasn't sure if we were going to get it. And the guy who was serving us was a Partick Thistle fan. And, you know, he, he allowed, he actually went and physically, the bike wasn't even built. And he quickly left the store uh, the, behind the, uh, the counter, ran in the back, built the bike for me uh, and brought it out. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even have had it in time for her birthday. I'd have had to come down the road without it and, you know, have to take her back up. So, but even just a wee simple thing like that, you know, it was absolutely amazing. And we ended up, we sent the boy over at the top. We we made sure he was, we signed some stuff for him and, and things like that. But that's what we always laugh at, like how far and wide Partick Thistle fans are. And I think it's amazing because you, you do, you, you genuinely bump into people. There's always a connection somehow that comes back to Partick Thistle that we always bump into people. And like I said, even though we're down in Kilmarnock with the Football Academy, we still have a lot of people who travel for Glasgow to come and train with us um, and we've got people who train with us from all, all over the place but uh, as it, you would be amazed at how far and wide you can actually bump into Thistle fans when you, you don't think as you said you, you don't think you see them every day but I think it's one of those clubs where it, it is a big club um, and you know you, you, they do get everywhere which is which is great um, but I always enjoy bumping into them and I'll, like, I always enjoy hearing their stories and you know as you say like if they hold anybody in regard, then I, I just love the fact that Thistle fans want to engage with you. I think that's, and like I said at the start, I think it's important that players, coaches, staff engage as well because I think it's really important for, for the club and that, that bond should be there. And, you know, for, for me personally, like I said, in my family, that bond will always be there with Thistle and with Thistle fans and the connection because we, we always have been so close and, and will continue to be so close. Um, my children still ask to come back to Partick Thistle games. They still want a, a Partick Thistle strip, and you know, it's, I think that's the impact that that the club had on us, um, and will continue to be like that. So, uh, but I bumping into different Thistle fans along the way has always been fun. Um, I've been lucky enough to meet a, a whole host of of special Partick Thistle fans over the years. Sometimes in not some amazing circumstances, you know, and they've maybe not had long left to to live but the, the the fact that they wanted to, to speak to me um, was is something that will always live with me so um, to give up your time for, for just a, a small part which can make a, a Partick Thistle fans day or, or year or, or lifetime for, for some people is, um, is a very special position to be in and um, like I said I, I, I'm always happy to, to speak to them. That's brilliant. I'm going to bring the uh, the mood down a wee bit, and then we'll we'll come back up. We'll come back up again at the end. Um, what's your biggest regret from the time your time at your club or your career? My biggest regret, um, probably the fact that I never actually got to say bye to the you know the, at the last game that I didn't realise I didn't know it was the last game. I think if I was if I'd known, then you know that would have. I, I was fortunate enough that I still had a testimonial game. You know, and, and not everyone would have had that. So I, I probably still got that chance and I knew that would have was was happening. So but I think I the, the biggest regret for me was the, the way it kinda ended. It was obviously heartbreaking and the way it worked out, but you know, it's it, I said before, it is football and I understand how the, the game works, I understand how the business works. Um but like I said, just because of that connection with fans with the club and how long we had we'd been together and what we'd achieved together to, to not have the chance to to then say goodbye with my family 
you know, and bring my children and, and my wife, who, like I said, who all support the club, who, who have always supported us. That's probably my biggest regret. I don't have any other regrets in terms of, you know, what we've done on the pitch or achieved as a club or what we tried to do. I think everything we we aim to do at times we, we, we probably achieved. But I just think that, you know, it's for me it was it was difficult in terms of just being chopped out and, and not getting that chance to say bye to, to the people who have supported us for at that time ten and a half years. But you know, like I said, I, I was lucky enough that I had a testimonial game coming up. That was the chance for, for me to come back and see everybody. Yeah. And it was an absolutely amazing day. I, I don't know if you were there or not, but it was an amazing day. Um, it will live with me forever. And it was it's a, a dream day that my children will always remember as well. So, And like I said, they still speak about it. They still speak about going back to the club because that's the type of impact the club can have. And I think it's, it's important that, that that's the way the club is. Um, and it's not just, you know, once every 10 years, I think it's that's the way the club, that feeling has to be there all the time. And that's where success comes um, when the club does feel like that. So, um, but I, I think, you know, it's it's, it's probably just a, a regret in terms of not having the chance. If I'd known, then it, it would have been different because, you know, you deal with the football decision, you you move on, but you get the chance to, to say your, your goodbyes. Um, and I see other people around the, the country obviously leaving every year. Those, those players leave and retire and move on. And they, they get to say their, their goodbyes to their, their fans or their, their players. But I didn't really, I felt as if I, I didn't, because I didn't know it was coming. That was probably the, the biggest regret for me. But <laughs> like I said, it's I was lucky that I had a game coming up and I knew that. So that was our chance to, to say goodbye properly. But it, it, like I said, whether you were there or not, it was an amazing day and um, a day I'll, che- I'll cherish as well. I just wanted to ask first, while we're still in a bit of a, a sad mood, um, what was it like uh, playing and scoring against this for air? Talk us through that day, because it was quite <laughs> quick in the season it came round. Yeah, really quick. I, I just, do you know, I said to Ian McCall when he, when he took me to, you've brought me here to score against Partick this, so I know <laughs> for a fact that's why you brought me here, because he knew that was what was going to happen. It was basically written in the stars. If I was going to score anywhere, it was going to be Fair Hill. Um, so, you know, I think it it was one of those games where Thistle didn't play well. Um, I think the, the two players possibly get sent yeah. off. The Bannigan. Gordon as well, yeah. Oh, Shea Gordon. Uh, yep, straight. So they went off, which didn't help things and stuff, you know. So, But it was always going to happen where I was going to score at, at Fair Hill. And we knew that. Um, but, you know, I... The strangest part of this uh, that that game actually was that when I scored, the, the home fans cheered. <laughs> and in actual fact, the the United players said all after the game like that was the weirdest thing in the world to have the home fans cheer as if as if it was a, a goal for the home team. And um, and I noticed it. We could feel it. It was just, it was a strange. It was an amazing feeling because obviously that connection is always still there. Um, but it, it was it was bizarre that the the, the Thistle fans were cheering an away player, I suppose, scoring against them. But, you know, it was one of those goals where I, I you knew it was going to go I knew it was going to go in. I knew it was it hits the post and bounces back to me perfectly to, to put it in the back of the net. So it was it was just going to happen. Um but to me it, it was bizarre um in terms of scoring against it. I didn't celebrate for for obvious reasons. It's you're there to do a job and be professional. But, you know, again, it was the connection with Thistle and the, the respect for them. 
but to to then have the the, the home crowd, like I said, cheering a goal is it still makes me laugh. That even that because I can still hear them. Um, and all of it, the only thing I didn't get was the big shout out after that, where they usually <laughs> announce your name and you get the big cheer again. So I think uh, that was the bizarre moment. But it, it was a bit strange, you know, coming back to Thistle as an away player. But like I said, it was written in the stars, and Emma Cole knew that, and we, we had laughed and joked about it. That if it was going, you're going to score anywhere, it's going to be fair Hill. I've been doing it for years. I think you know Thistle losing two players, Shea Gordon and then Banzo, obviously didn't help that. Um, it, it wasn't going well at that time, and and that probably just amplified it again. So it was one of those things where it was all, like I said, it was always going to happen, but it was a very very bizarre day. Um, but I think that was actually the week before my testimonial game. Um, yeah, it, is that it, right? Yeah, I can tell you that because it, as you were saying about how home fans cheering you, one person who was cheering was me who had air to win and Chris Dillon, he scored on a coupon. I think I won £280. Oh, well, you're um, welcome. And it, 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 it funded like most of my holiday. I went, I went, I was on a holiday when the testimonial happened. I went to Japan and on the day the testimonial I wore my uh, the away black strip with the red and oh, yellow around yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, around Tokyo, but a lot of that was funded because I, I was like, well, clearly he is scoring it for how like absolutely. So yeah, so thank you very much for that. Everything else, but that specifically the two hundred eight <laughs> quid was yeah, amazing. you're welcome. Yeah, well, like I said, I think the the only thing was you don't get the big shout out after the the goal. It was just quickly announced who scored, and that's it. That was the only you get so used to that big shout out. Um, after it, like like I said, it was just a bizarre day, but um, we 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 all knew. Let's be honest, it, we we kind of knew it was going to happen, and you know, just scoring at Fairhill is amazing. I've all, I've always loved scoring at Fairhill. It was just that one, um, it was didn't feel as good. Let's put it that way. I didn't enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed all the other ones. On the testimonial, I just wanted to ask you just how bad was Ray Bradshaw that day. <laughs> in, in the game, what was the level? <laughs> well, who would you compare them to well, that you've played with? Like, what? Oh, your... who would I compare them to? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Not so sure. He'd done a team talk before the game, which was absolutely hilarious. So he was he get brownie points for that because he was he was absolutely brilliant before the game. He'd ever done stitches. So I think they kind of forgot about his performance. Possibly maybe let him off with his performance because of his his antics before the game. But um, you know, and then again. Even thinking of the, the game, and the, it was just a fantastic day. It wasn't even just that it was a game. This is what, like I said, my, my children and my wife and my family who were all there, this is what they still speak about. It's just the day in general, or, or the year in general. But the actual day of the game, the feeling around the place, that, that you know, that you can mull around with fans, there was a real happy enjoyment, a family feel to it. And that's Partick Thistle. To, to me, you know, that, that engagement coming together of, of children, of mums and dads, you know, hardened fans who have been following for however many years, uh, and players and staff, that, that's what makes a strong club. And you could tell that day the atmosphere was, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, like I say, Ray, <laughs> Ray, Ray's just Ray. You know, he tells jokes. He, he's absolutely hilarious. So we'll maybe let him off with his, his performance down. Was he a fullback that day or something? <laughs> Did he play down the right-hand side or the left? He made a joke about it. I can't remember what he said. I, I seem to remember, didn't he say that he was going to play full-back, but um, Aaron Taylor Sinclair asked him to switch because he didn't have a club and he was trying to impress people. <laughs> There's every chance. <laughs> There's every chance in case they signed Ray Bradshaw by accident. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm conscious of time, Chris, so I'm going to ask nah, you two. You're fine, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I've got a couple of yes or no questions, and then we're going to do some wee daft ones at the end. No um, first one, uh, Chris Erskine uh, once said that he'd rather be kicked in the balls than managed again by Gary Caldwell. Do you agree? <laughs> That's, I would say, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> next, uh, will you ever manage Partick Thistle? Uh, yes. I would like to think along at some point. I, I know it's obviously a yes or no answer, I suppose, but I'd like to think along at some point, um, whenever it was the time was right for everyone, that that at some point I'd love to lead the club. That would be a, a long term aim. No, you you do that. know the sun is t- frantically <laughs> typing up an article now, Chris Dolan, to take over as Thistle manager very soon. It's... <laughs> no, surely not. I, I'm quite happy with leaving Ian McCall there right now. He can build as much as he wants. <laughs> I think there's a great, to be honest, I mean, I, I really like the coaching staff at Thistle. I think they've got a good blend there. You know, Archie, obviously, um, huge respect for Archie. Um, what he done as a manager and as a, and the type of coach he is as well. Um, because he's, it was difficult for Archie when he took over as manager to go for playing, to manage very, uh, overnight, I suppose. But he took to it like a duck to water. And, you know, I think it's because of the type of person he is. And he adapts so quickly and he had so much respect. And I think in football, you earn respect. Nobody gives you any nobody gives you anything in football. They they rather see you fail than, than give them any respect. But I think within the players and within the, the, the club, the the stature of Archie it just allowed him just to seamlessly transfer into being the manager. He already had respect as the as the captain and I think that's what allowed him just to seamlessly become the manager and you know like I said nobody gives you that respect you have to earn it and you know hopefully along the, the years I was there I earned respect from players and coaches as well and from fans I think that's it's the way you carry yourself but um, it's great to see Archie back uh, and working with the players and working with Ian McCall because they, they are close friends you know and, and they work well together and um, Ian McCall's Ian McCall, he's always been the same and he'll never change and I think that's great um, and, and I, I'm glad to see that he's back and he, he's doing well at the club and he's got Scal there with him as well um, from his time or from my time at United, I worked with Scal as well so there's a, there's a good blend there um, and they can help the players um, along the way, So, but like I said at the start, I think he's signed well over the, the summer, or, or so far over the summer um, and we're looking forward to a, a, hopefully a, another good season um, but I think you know the, the the blend that's there, and I think that's important in a in a management staff is that you, you have a good blend of people. Um, you know whether it's a first team coach, assistant manager, manager, whatever their titles are, they still have to work well together and, and blend well together. Um, and I think this will have that, and it's up to them to you know to to put that then on the pitch and and get results, uh, which hopefully at some point gets the club promoted again because you know ultimately it's a, it's a Premiership club, you know the, the ambitions will be there. It'll always be there to, to be promoted, um, and hopefully, you know, with the, with the drive and determination that's there, that you know that happens at some point soon. Absolutely. Who are you bringing to the club as your number two when you get the? the <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I've no, well, I do actually, but I was not um, I'm not too sure who who it would be just now. But I think the good thing is, you know, I, I do a lot of coaching. A lot of coaching. I do. I do performance school. I do. I'm in at Kelly 18s. I do. We get coaching all over the place. Um. So I meet an awful lot of good coaches. We're obviously in the media as well. So I meet a lot of 
a lot of good people. And I think that's that's something that, that you start to to realise when you are coaching. That, like I said, you, you bring good people with good personalities, with good traits, but ultimately people who can drive the club in, 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 a, in a positive direction. But yeah, I, I think that'll be further down the line. That's... Um, that's not a desperate need just now. I think we're quite happy to let Ian McCall and Archie and Scarley deal with that just now. That's fair enough. David? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that sounded to me like Nathan Eccleston's going to be our assistant manager. But on that, on that, I just wanted to mention, my, one of my favourite Thistle games of all time was the, the Hamilton doing the, the five goals against Hamilton at Far Hill. You got four. I, I absolutely loved it. I remember it was a freezing night. Uh, I didn't know why I was there. And then you reminded me why I was there. It was just incredible. Your memories of that day and as well as that, did you nick a goal off Ryan Stevenson? <laughs> absolutely did nick a goal off. And he probably <laughs> never forgiven me for it. You know, I, I still I speak to Ryan as well every now and again. And, um, I, he's probably never forgiven me, but uh, he knows the type of guy I was. You know, If it was there to be put in the net, I would score. Um, and we would rather argue about it later. Uh, but no, we, we probably did take the goal off. Whether it was going in or no, I'm not sure. Um, that night, I think to me, like I said, and you're talking about the, the proudest moment, that was one of the proudest games for me because that was an all-round 90-minute performance. And it wasn't just, you know, as, as strikers do, they play well for 10 minutes, horrible for 10, back in again. You know, and they're in and out of games. That to me was, or for me, that full night from 90 minutes, it was like the ultimate you know, performance in, in terms of being a number nine. Um, and to do it, and like I said, the, to score so many goals at premiership level and championship level, I think that's that's the difference in terms of if we can if you can do it at that level consistently and not just a you know, it's not just a one off game that somebody does it and then they're never seen again for the rest of the season. They don't chip in me anything. Um, but to me that was at, at that time in the the season, you know, I hadn't scored an awful lot of goals. And we were kind of thinking, need to get going, and then bang, you score four in the in the one game, and when everything comes together, as if, if for me personally, I kept thinking, you know, that night I felt like I could have scored five, six, seven, anything that came to me in the box, I could score, and 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 I've always been the type of striker where I thought I could score for anywhere inside the box, you know, I always had the com if I can get if I had the confidence where if I can get hold of the ball anywhere inside the eighteen yard box, I can make a yard of space, I can score. Left foot, right foot, wherever it's from, I'm confident that I can get goals for here. And that's what I try and show to other players. You know, we work, we do a lot of striker specific stuff. We do a lot of striker coaching with, with, with other clubs. And I teach all the strikers that, you know, be, be the man inside the box. Be the guy that your team want to pass to. And, and I had that at Thistle when, when I had Lawless and I had Erskine. When, I, when they got on the ball in the wide areas, I knew it was coming to me. So it was up to me inside the box to find space, to make space, to give myself that one, two seconds extra to, to get the ball ready to finish it. And that's your job as the, as the number nine, not to drop in and, you know, link play. Yes, you do it a wee bit, but ultimately you need to be in the box to finish things because your wide players and fullbacks are looking for you. So, you know, that night to me, I was lucky. I had, you know, guys like Steve-O, who obviously stole a goal off of me, didn't really mean to set it up, but he ended up assisting one of them. Um, Stephen O'Donnell assisting Stephen Lawless you know so I had guys run about me Higginbottom I think was possibly on the pitch that night as well so I had guys who I just knew were going to feed the ball to me and it was up to me to keep finding space and that night 
like I said, I felt as if I could have scored five, six or seven. I probably should have scored five because I had a volley right at the end, just before I was taken off and, and it, it gets clipped in the box and I, and I kind of safety sammed it down the middle instead of just lashing it into the corner. So I probably should have walked away having scored five. But like I said, to me, that was the ultimate performance. For, for me personally, um, across the full 90 minutes where um, everything really came together um, that night. But that to me showed that, you know, if you can do it this level consistently, and we can continue as a club to to create these type of chances. We can really go places. And then, obviously, you see where we ended up. We went on and, you know, we obviously made into top six in the Premier League. And like I said, if you achieve personally, ultimately the club achieves um, and, and goes somewhere and does something um, special. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing night. Um, but it probably just typified the, the type of players we had in, in the team that night. Um, and the spirit within the team as well. At that time in the season, obviously it was a cold night. It was, you know, it was freezing. I think it'd been snowing and stuff like that. So, it, like previously, so it, it was. It was just one of those nights where you have to create the atmosphere on the pitch. You have you have to give the fans something to get up out their seats about. And and thankfully we done that on numerous occasions that night. But I think it was a lot of that was down to the other players who, like I said, I had round about me. You know, Higginbottoms. Um, Lawless, these type of O'Donnell, these type of players who, as soon as they get close to the box, I knew they were looking for me. So, um, and I think when you have that and you have an Erskine on the other side or whatever, that that's when you have the trust with each other. And when there's trust in the team, that can go take you a long, long way in the game um, as a club. So, um, I think that night just typified everything good about the club um, or, or about the team that night on and who we had on the pitch and. Um, I think even Nathan Eccleston come on and scored the fifth one, doesn't he? So, yeah. as you say, he might come in as the assistant manager one day. He might even come in as the manager for scoring that goal. <laughs> we usually ask people uh, what their go-to order in Greg's is, but I also wanted to ask you, what was your go-to order at Jack and Ellie's? Jack and Ellie's? Oh, the toasties in Jack and Ellie's were tremendous. I was actually, <laughs> no, I, no I, as much as I was just round the corner, I think it used to always be our young boys that were always in Jack and Ellie's. I think the first team didn't really go there. But, you know, I used to love whenever we, we got the chance to nip round. Um, it's just a lovely wee place. But I think the Toasties in there, actually, I think my wife and my, my wee one, we went round one one day. And that's what we, we were laughing. That it's it's never changed. You know, it's, it's always been the same. I don't think I've ever seen the, the shop change. It just feels the same as it always did. Um, but I, that's probably the the one a nice wee toasty in a way. <laughs> uh, last question. Um, well, I think we asked this to Ian McCall, and we get quite a good answer. Um, how many bites does it take you to eat a cream egg? <laughs> cream egg? Yeah. Um, no many. I, I would say two, three, two, two. Let's say two. Right. Half and, and... A, half away then the other one. Most importantly, what side you bite into first? The, the wee bit. It's got That's to be the good. wee top bit. That's good. That's good. Because see, it's if you said the fat end. The bottom bit, no. If you said the fat end, I'd have needed to take the flag ah, with your face on my wall. Yep. You've kind of turned it upside down. Eh? It's a yep. bit weird to be doing stuff like that. No, keep it nice and straightforward. Whip off the top of it. Good I'm man. not gonna lie, I was I was worried when you asked that question. I'm like, what if he says the fat end? Yeah. What what is gonna happen with this podcast? <laughs> what if he's gonna be bored? 
<laughs> anyway, Chris, uh, top man, thanks very much for joining us, and You're we welcome. very much look forward to seeing you back in for help. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you all too. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Chris Doolan. Thank you to everyone who has appeared on any of our first 100 episodes and thanks for everyone who has listened to and shared any of the 100 episodes. Hopefully it is 100 and counting and we will reach 200 very soon. I am king.